doing actions and things. I know I, my, I myself, I was doing these ones. It was amazing. And it's amazing seeing them serving in communion. I just wanted to say that this morning. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be back with you all so soon, preaching once again. It's nice to be welcomed back. Um, we really did have such a wonderful time at camp. You see, it was so amazing to get to know the kids a lot more and to see them in their element. Uh, Something I didn't say before, kind of because it fits in with my sermon, being a bit tactical here, is that it was so encouraging seeing the kids putting God first. Whether they they realised it or not, in coming to camp, they were actually making a conscious choice to get away from the world and to to spend time with God. Most kids start their holidays off with friends, doing things on the PlayStation or whatever, but they chose to come and have a week where they were worshipping God. You see, my sermon is titled today, Put God First. There is power in putting God first. And in putting God first, we're going to discover that we must seek first His kingdom in all things, on the day by day, we must seek his kingdom. In putting God first, we are opening our eyes to the reality that his kingdom is here now. We remind ourselves of the treasure that the kingdom is. And that, as I said a few weeks ago, that Jesus built a bridge for us to walk over daily. As we look at this morning, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you that we can put you first. And God, I pray that as we look at your word right now, that you would be first in this room. We sing and we worship you so that in our minds you are first. We read your word so that we hear from you first. We celebrate communion, wonderful communion. Acknowledging the thing that you did so that we can put you first. And I pray this morning that as we look at your word, that you would speak through me. That you would enable me to speak your words, Lord God. Amen. A few weeks ago, I finished up our series in the manhood of Jesus by preaching about Jesus being our bridge to God's kingdom in his humanity. I said that the humanity of Jesus is our bridge to God's kingdom and that we can walk over this daily. I mentioned that the kingdom of God is bigger than we can ever comprehend and we need a follow-up sermon. So good morning. Uh, you see, Joel actually jumped on the bandwagon and preached a wonderful sermon last week on the, on the kingdom of heaven is being priceless. It is, placed, it is this place where Jesus is reigning And our only cost is to turn away from our old life and to seek after God's kingdom. That's where we land this morning. We must put God first in everything that we do, in all that we are, in every day. We're always making ourselves aware of the worth and the value that is his kingdom and placing it as the most important thing in our lives. As we start to look to the text this morning, I want us to look to this idea of seeking. There's an obvious command to stop worrying in this text, if you didn't pick up on that already. Looking to the beds of the air, and how God feeds them, and how flowers are clothed. But 
birds still don't, don't birds still go and get their own food? You see, we are told not to worry, but to seek first his kingdom. We must stop what we are doing and seek first something that's already there for us. Keys, phone, wallet. These are the three words I hear from my wonderful fiancé, Claire, every single time we go anywhere. Keys, phone, wallet. Boom. Okay. We can leave now. She asked me this not because she's trying to make sure I've got everything, but because from experience, I will not have one or more of those things. And we will get halfway wherever we're going and we will turn back. Sometimes if you don't have your keys, it's hard to get where you're going. But (laughs) you see, I'm so forgetful, if I'm honest. There are so many times where I forget. The most important thing I forget the most is my wallet. I never, ever, ever leave it in the same place to my own detriment. And I always lose it. You see, I remember this one time when I lost my wallet and I had been looking for hours for it. I needed to go somewhere. That's why I needed it. But that that didn't happen. And for hours, I went through the car three times. I pulled apart my whole bedroom. I pulled apart the whole house. People around my neighbourhood were on watch looking for my wallet. And it was nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. You see, I had no idea where it had gone. And I was sitting in the car. I remember I'd just gone through with it and I was contemplating driving without my licence, but we know we should never do that. And I was sitting there and I remember I was thinking... God, why can't you just tell me where it is? I have this relationship with you, thank you, Jesus, but why can't you help me with something practical? And as clear as I'm speaking to you right now, I kid you not, he goes, it's because you haven't asked me. So I thought, all right then, God, where is my wallet? Without exaggerating, without making this up, Instantly, I had this thought, it's in the shoe. (laughs) See, I know, I've been taught when hearing from God that if you think something, you don't normally think. It's probably him. I don't put my wallet in shoes, people. Don't think I'm a crazy guy that thinks, oh, that's a good place to put a wallet. No. So I turn around in my car, and on this seat is a shoe. That shoe had been there the whole time. I had been searching throughout the coal car, probably picked up, moved the shoe around. I pick up the shoe and I turn it over and my wallet falls straight out. Praise God, if you ever lose your wallet, it's in a shoe. He has it there for you. There's a place for you in your wallet. (laughs) You see, just just like in my last sermon, when I got you to think about that match, being in the petrol, being a bridge to the fire. Have this thought in your mind. Have this picture of seeking, looking for, stopping everything you're doing and being only concerned about shoes and wallets, looking for God's kingdom. Like a buffet boy, looking for his wallet for hours. Drop everything you are doing and seek God's kingdom. Let it override everything you do. 
being at the very centre of your mind. And then when it gets hard, ask God to show it to you. Our first point for this morning is to put God first. It's our title as well. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. As we consider our text this morning, we must know that in all things we must put God first. Put his kingdom first. Seek first his kingdom. You see, the biggest, prob- the biggest problem of humanity of this day isn't alcohol or abuse or reckless living or war or hunger or climate change or even Donald Trump. The biggest problem is that we put what we want first. We don't put God first. That's it. We take God. We put him behind us. And we put other things in front of us, labeling that as most important. It needs to always, in everything, no matter what, be God. Always God first. Full stop. Nothing else. Don't let anything come between you and your God. Not your own desires or wants. Not your own worries. Everything must fade away so you can simply connect with him. The kingdom of God is something before us that Jesus has made available to us now. Church family, with all that you have, put God first and seek his kingdom. See, I wanted to play a little video this morning. It's a, it's a man called Denzel Washington. You may or, not, may or not have heard of him. He's in a few movies. He's pretty famous. And he's graduating from what I believe is Bible college. And he says this speech. Have a look. It's a gift. 40 years ago, March 27th, 1975, it was 40 years ago, uh, just this past March, I was flunking out of college. I had a 1.7 grade point average. I hope none of you can relate. (laughs) I had a 1.7 grade point average. I was sitting in my mother's beauty shop. They still call it beauty shop now? What they call it? Yeah, I was sitting in the beauty parlor. I was sitting in my mother's beauty parlor and I'm looking in the mirror and I see behind me this woman under the dryer. And every time she looked up, she, every time I looked up, she was looking at me, just looking me in the eye. And I didn't know who she was and I said, you know, she said, somebody give me a pen, give me a pencil, I have a prophecy. March 27, 1975, she said, boy, you are gonna travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now mind you, I flunked out of college I'm thinking about joining the army. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she's telling me I'm going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Well, I have traveled the world. And I have spoke to millions of people. But that's not the most important thing, the success that I had. The most important thing is that what she taught me and what she told me that day has stayed with me since. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. 
I've kept God in my life and has kept me humble. I didn't always stick with him, but he always stuck with me. So stick with him in everything you do. If you think you want to do what you think I've done, then do what I've done and stick with God. Number Put God first. Love the way he says it. I think he can make that point better than I ever could. God will always stick by you, so stick with him. Jesus died and built a bridge for us, ladies and gentlemen, so that in all things we can put God first. And you see, when talking about putting God first, sometimes it can feel convicting. Sometimes we can feel like we don't put him first enough. Sometimes we can feel like, oh, I actually haven't ever put God first. Or sometimes we feel like, how could I ever put God first? This world is just so crazy. But friends, I don't want us to feel like that at all. I don't want you to feel convicted. I don't want you to feel bad by any means. I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel that God wanted this so badly for you that he did everything he can Jesus died so that we can put God first. Church, we mustn't, be caught, be, we mustn't be caught up in putting God first because we feel like we have to. I'll say we do have to, but we must put God first simply because we can. Because of the joy, because of the wonder, because of the amazing thing that it is. We enter, we can enter into the kingdom of God, seeking it with all that we have because of what Jesus has done. And all we have to do is simply seek him first. As we turn to our text this morning, our second point for this morning is worry is an unhealthy heart in action. It's noteworthy noteworthy that the idea of worry comes right after the statement of money being our master. Lay before our Bible reading today, there's, a, there's some anecdotes on, on, on money being our master. You see, this implies that not only can money be our master or other worldly treasures in a physical way, but also in an emotional way can things be our master. Things that we treasure the most can control how we feel in our, our main concern and in life, in life motivation is not God. And all the security that we can have in him, then that will lead to worry. As I read to you this morning. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life more than food and body more than clothes? Look to the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And Jesus' opening statement to not worry about our lives tells us that what we're about to read isn't just about what we eat. Jesus makes it clear that what we eat is just one aspect of our life. Maybe in my life, it might be two aspects. 
I'm getting married at the end of the year and I told Claire I'd lose a whole heap of weight. I'm still trying. I'm getting there, but I'm still trying. Jesus makes it clear that it's our whole lives that we need to stop worrying about. It's like he's saying, everyone, please don't worry about your whole life. Like, like food. Why would you worry about food? Do the birds worry about food? They don't have a job, but they get fed. I love you so much. Don't worry about any of this stuff. You see, I once saw this illustration by an amazing man called Francis Chan. He got a rope. He was more prepared. I've got a guitar lead. Wonderful. I want you all to imagine for a second that this guitar lead is infinite. That this guitar lead starts here, goes off the stage, through the wall, out that way, through the school, gets a really good education there, and then keeps going all that way. Okay? This yellow bit is your life on earth. And this bit is your eternity in heaven that is waiting for you. So we go, I'm going to study there, study here, and then really like get a good job there. Maybe here I'll get kids. And then I'll get a good job and I'll save, 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 save so I can really enjoy this bit. And then we have this bit here and then we forget about all this. We think, oh, maybe, maybe here I'll travel the world, maybe here. But then we forget all the travel, all the amazing things we can see here. Do not worry about your life. The kingdom of heaven is waiting for you. Friends, we worry so much about our lives which is justified. Life is hard. We go through things. But we can never forget God's kingdom. We can never forget the joy waiting for us, the joy that is here now. You see, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's trying to make it so clear. The yellow bit doesn't matter. Just just wait and see what's coming for you. See, worry is defined as feeling, or as a feeling or cause to feel anxious or trouble about actual or potential problems. Friends, if we are worried about anything, then we are not putting God first. We aren't trusting him. We aren't focused on him. Our eyes aren't focused on the light that is Jesus. There is no awareness of his kingdom or his reign or anything. No, we are looking to ourselves, to our wants and desires, and putting them before God. And we can't do this. There is no way we can seek first God's kingdom when we do this. See, worry is on a healthy heart, showing through that we aren't just looking to God first. I can recall countless times when I have been so worried about something, when I've been so caught up in things that were real, things that were hard, things that have been so troubling. 
And yet, I get through them, and I'm okay. And I look back, and I actually see that God had his hand over it the whole time. Like the beautiful poem Footprints says, it was in those times when you saw the one set of footprints before you that I was carrying you. Do not think for a second you are alone. Do not think for a second things are too hard. Do not think for a second things are not going to be okay because they already are. The kingdom of God is here now, friends. It is... I now read verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what we shall drink? Or what we shall wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, all these things will be given to you as well. Our third point for today is simply to seek first God's kingdom. Here lies the answer, friends. As Christians and as followers of God, we mustn't be concerned with anything on earth that can take the place of God. There is no treasure on earth, worry or anything that can get more attention than God. We, want, we mustn't worry about money or our job or clothes or food or our family or just our lives in general. We must seek first the kingdom of God with all that we have and trust him. And trust him that he has us. I just feel it's on my heart to say this morning that it doesn't mean we can't be concerned. It doesn't mean we can't acknowledge things are hard. It doesn't mean we can't be sad when things aren't going well. It just means that in those times, press into him more. As I've been saying over and over again, we must put God first in everything. We must seek his kingdom in everything we do. His kingdom is real and valuable, like a treasure in a field. Get up, find it, and then rejoice in your success. Rejoice in your ability to stumble across it and rejoice in the power and love and the wonder that it holds. The kingdom of God is the reality that Jesus has won the victory over sin and death and has united the whole world with God in all that he is. It is a reality that sees God in his glory here on earth with us in all that we do. We must seek this kingdom in that we must fix our attention completely to it so that this world fades away and God's kingdom is your only concern. I love the image of Peter walking on the water. You see, the way I see that image going is a little like this. And Peter and his disciples, well, Peter and Jesus' disciples, I should say, are sitting in a boat together. It's late at night, it's a bit stormy. They're paddling or whatever they're doing. And then they look out. And they see this figure 
And they wonder, what's that? Peter, Peter goes, what is that? And then they notice it's a human figure and he's, he's walking towards him and they start panicking. It's late at night, it's like, what is that? Is that a God? What, what is happening? How is something walking on water towards us? And they freak out. They don't know what to do. And they hear this, they hear this voice, don't be afraid. It is I. They recognize this voice. They can't quite make out who it is. And so they all, they, they all go quiet. And Peter's just standing there in himself and he's thinking, what is that? Could it be? He leans to the edge of the boat. Jesus, if it is you, call me out upon the water. He thinks to his head, can, can I walk on water? And then he hears that same gentle and loving voice. It is I come. And Peter stands up and takes a step, closes his eyes and puts it down. And he feels something firm. He sees Jesus and they lock eyes. He takes his other foot and he hops out. He's not looking at his feet. He doesn't know. He's walking on water. He's just fixed on Jesus and he starts walking towards him. There's this fixation. There's this unbreakable bond. Not of, hey, look, I'm walking on water. There's this unbreakable bond of, I'm walking towards Jesus. I'm walking towards Jesus. You see, if you notice in the story, it's when he notices the things around him the wind, the waves, friends, the troubles, the hard things in your life. When we notice them, and then we look down and we think, oh, that's water. That's when we sink. When this fixation of Jesus, when that's broken, that is when we seek. Peter knew there was wind and waves. He was rocking in a boat with them beforehand. But when he was looking at Jesus, that was the only thing that mattered. Just like this in life, friends, we can all walk on water. It's not an, it's not an obligation to seek first the kingdom of God. It's a chance to do something amazing on this earth. To let the power and the will of God that breaks down all boundaries and reasonings and brings us to a place where we can so clearly and so wonderfully look Jesus in the eye and walk towards him. We get so distracted. In church, we can't. We simply can't let ourselves be distracted. We need to stare at Jesus in everything. And when wind and waves arise up, let them pass over us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Not because those things don't matter, but because in fixing our eyes on Jesus, we're placing him first and we're saying, I just need to get to you. I just need to be closer to you, Jesus. The things around me aren't great. All the things around me are wonderful, but I just need to fix on you. I need to keep walking on water. I need to keep going with you because you're the source of my life. Because you are the one I love most. Because in all things, I want you, Jesus, because you want me.
We as Christians are called to follow Christ. How can you follow someone that you're not fixated upon? We must live in his kingdom daily. Friends, there is a new reality here on earth that far many people do not step into. If I asked you today an honest question, do you live every second of every day in God's kingdom? Would you be able to say yes completely? Or would you say no? I myself will say no. And I know there's a lot of people in this room, unless you're perfect, (laughs) that will probably say no as well. But guess what? That doesn't mean you need to do better. That doesn't mean bad and you, you need to keep going. No, it means, guess what? You get more of God. You get to spend more time with him. You can get excited at the fact that you can step into his kingdom more. I say this all the time. God's love is infinite and perfect, meaning that you can always get more and it's always going to get better. Jesus finished by saying this point. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. As we finish up today, I simply want us to know that we must just live day by day, seeking first his kingdom. Jesus acknowledges himself, our days have trouble. Jesus acknowledges himself that things in this world come up. Perhaps things that are worth worrying about. He begs, don't, just think of me. Friends, we must come to God daily. We can't worry, not even for a second, about what we are doing tomorrow. We must live in the now, looking to Jesus. Life on earth really isn't easy. But we have a real chance here to follow Christ with everything that we have got. And hopefully with a little more from God. Just like I said at the start, that I was desperate to find my wallet. Spending hours of time seeking and searching, letting it override everything that I was doing. Have the same attitude to God's kingdom. Let it override everything you do. Friends, let me encourage you that you can put God first. Above everything, you can put God first. In the video I showed you before with Denzel Washington, he goes on to say something really beautiful. He says that every night when he's ready for bed, he takes his phone, puts it underneath his bed and goes to sleep. Then when he wakes up in the morning, he hops out of bed And to get his phone, he has to go down on his knees to get it. And he says, while you're down there, say a little prayer. Thank God for your life. And thank God that you can put him first every single day. So friends, I leave you with that thought. Every morning, every day, make the choice. I'll put you first. Things may be hard today but I'm not going to let them distract me that you were good. Things might be great, and I'm going to celebrate, but before I do that, I'm going to put you first in my mind. Let me pray.
God, I just want to acknowledge that word worry. That word that says things are so hard. That word that says things aren't the way that they should be. And I'm concerned about that. God, I want to pray for anyone in this room feeling like that this morning. Anyone in this room that may feel like these things are worth worrying about. I don't want to feel like I'm doing the wrong thing by being concerned. I want to pray for those people. I want to pray for peace. I want to pray for more of your love for them. That they know you care about those things just as much or even more as they do. The world isn't the way you made it. The things that happen in this world are not what you want. And you care so deeply about them. You simply just want us to know that. You simply want us to know that you are before us. You want to pray that in all things, we as a church will put you first. That we would seek first your kingdom. That we would discover the reality, the power that is in your kingdom. That we would live changed lives as if we were literally in a place called the kingdom of God walking around, living in its rules, living in its capacity, living in its reality, that we would never be taken away from that. And we would always look to you.